Hey, hey, you know what time it is. This is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Justin Coates. Justin is an entrepreneur, pilot, and founder of Frenzy Esports, an organization dedicated to fostering positive gaming experiences and bridging the gap between parents and children in the gaming world. After serving in the Marine Corps, Justin initially pursued a career in aviation, but found the constant relocation and limited family time challenging. He transitioned to becoming a professional drone pilot and eventually ventured into Amazon product sales before establishing his own Amazon sales agency. Justin's journey took an exciting turn when he rekindled his passion for gaming, particularly with his son. This experience inspired the creation of Frenzy Esports, where he envisions building a supportive environment where families and communities can come together to navigate the digital world, ensuring that gaming becomes a source of connection and growth for the next generation. Just a few of the golden takeaways Justin shares in this episode are life lessons from the Marine Corps to becoming an entrepreneur, the transformative power of embracing failure as a stepping stone, how to start adopting AI into your life, and the nuanced ways technology is reshaping human connections and experiences. So without further ado, this is me and Justin Coates. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Justin, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Hey, TJ, thanks for having me, man. It's been a hot minute uh, getting this set up between us. It has, man, but it's just kind of built up the anticipation. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure. I'm really, really excited for the conversation and appreciate you being here. So love to start with Likewise. just a bit of background on the journey. And I'm going to tee this up to be a little bit heady. So I hope it's not okay. too deep right out the gate. But, you know, yeah. we've, we've talked and today's Justin is somebody who looks to the future with optimism and excitement. But you've shared with me that you haven't always been this way. You've gone through a lot of change on your path, a path that has led you to start a family through five years of the Marine Corps, being a professional drone pilot, working a nine to five and starting a business in 2018, then selling yeah. that business and now continuing your entrepreneurial journey with your new company, Frenzy Esports. So can you start us off by sharing a bit about how that journey transformed your attitude and just your outlook and mm. sense of responsibility and how you've really been able to hone in on who you are today? Yeah, um, man, I think... I think the best place to start this is kind of in the in the middle or what feels like the middle to me. Um, you know, as in 2012, I was 25, um, currently 36, you know, what do math? Yeah, um, 11, 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was uh, I was deployed in the Marine Corps. So I was in, in the Marine Corps as a, a helicopter mechanic. He was in Cobras. Um, from 2010 to 2015, and this was on my 2012 deployment, and I was sitting in Kuwait on an airbase, and 
and I was I was actually sitting sitting on a toilet. I was in the in the head, and I was reading a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. and um, and I finished it, and I was just like, "Holy cow, my life is going to be different from this moment." And like, you can visualize, uh, you know, a, a path. Like you're, you're, you're walking on a path and then all of a sudden you look up and there's another path for you to take. And it, it just looks better than the one that you're on. Right. Maybe not easier, definitely not easier, but it just, it just, there's a draw to it. This pulls you towards it. That's how it felt in that moment. But I couldn't start on that path in that moment because I still had to finish the one that I was on. Um, and, and that's kind of, I would say the inception of of the moment of the really life changing moment for me that that put me that got got me to where I am now um, to where I am here and prior to you know to that like um, my life wasn't terrible it wasn't hard but there were definitely some things in it that um, that as a kid I'm definitely not you know as a kid and, and young adult I was definitely very different than I am now. Um, and I like who I am now much, much better. Um, it's much happier, um, you know, less negativity, less anger. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's kind of where, where we start that journey. Awesome, man. And what was it about rich dad, poor dad specifically? It's a great book. I've I've heard it recommended so many times. What was it about the book that really clicked and made you say, okay, everything's, everything's about to change. Um, the concept of, of owning your own business, the concept of being able to make your own decisions instead of somebody making a decision for you. Um, there's, you know, throughout a, a majority of my life, there's just resistance to the system, you know, to, to the man, right? Um, and for the longest time, I just kind of chalked it up as, as like immature resistance because that's, a phase that, that you go through or a phase that people go through and you just need to learn how to be told what to do and learn how to um, be pushed around and just accept that as, as your path. But when I read that book, it was like, wait, I can choose for myself how I feel and what I do, right? And I didn't really embody the how I feel as much as I can choose what I do. Like I, I am, uh, you know, I have agency over my future, right? Um, I think that was probably the, the piece. And it was like listening or reading this, this guy's story about how he was able to just build his own life, um, his own way, really drew me in, right? I, I'm, I'm much, I'm a really like, heavy thinker i think really deep i think in the clouds um a lot you know it's often referred to as like a visionary style thinking um and so the idea of being able to control my own destiny in that way was super appealing and like wait i can do that mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah okay i don't know how at all i don't know don't know how i don't know what the first step is but okay somebody else said i can do that yeah. And I love it. And yeah. you, you did, you ended up absolutely finishing the journey you were on with the Marine Corps. You were yeah. a mechanic, then you were a drone pilot. 
And then you ultimately followed that, that entrepreneurial calling. You started a business, you exited that business, and now you're starting another company. So let's yeah. bring things forward to what you're focused on today with Frenzy Esports, because it is such a such mm. an awesome and going to have such a huge impact. And I'd love for people to learn more about it. Yeah. So give us the yeah. Um, you know, TJ, if, if it's okay, would you mind if I uh, kind of answer that question by just kind of explaining high level my my story, you know, from childhood to now? Because I would love it, that. It all kind of intertwines, right? Uh, gaming and esports is very much a childhood thing. Um, and then, you know, coming back to, kind of your original question of of how did i get to where i am today i think it it's important to do that is that yeah okay? i think it'll it'll tie everything together very yeah nicely. so please yeah. proceed um yeah so you know so as a child i'm, I'm kind of going to start this story at, at eight years old um and at eight years old my my father died um and you know it i won't get into to the story really but at at eight my dad passed um, and I had a little brother or have still have a little brother. Um, but at that moment he was six. So we were two years apart, eight and six. And um, that drastically changed my life. And I, at that moment, just embodied anger and, and kind of, you know, I don't want to say hatred because that's a really intense word, but it, it truly was like anger and everything that came with it for a majority of my life. Um, and so when, you know, going through, through my childhood, um, you know, video games became part of that release, part of that world that I was able to, um, I felt I was pretty good at, but also it, it was an escape, you know, it was like our first kind of, as a, as a society, our first kind of ability to, exit our physical reality and get into a digital reality and just be something that we can't be physically. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, video games became a, a pretty big part of my teenage years um, through high school. And, um, and then into early adulthood, I was 20 years old working at, at Best Buy and uh, had been for a few years. And met my my girlfriend at the time now wife and we we happened to get pregnant and have our first kid when i was 21 she was 19 and that happened to be 2008 where you know unbeknownst to me i didn't care about the world economic system at the time i was just like just a kid trying to have fun and, and enjoy life and yeah um and you know, we got pregnant and I was working at Best Buy, 11.25 an hour. And I was like, how the hell am I going to survive? How is my family going to survive? Uh, and I had a goal to be, to become a helicopter pilot. And, uh, and so within that, that goal, I said, okay, well, and this, I think this is probably one of the smartest decisions that I made. Um, Honestly, and I don't know exactly why I did it this way. I, I couldn't tell you mm -hmm. because when I look back at my 20 year old self or 21 year old self, it's like, God, you were not that smart. <laughs> like, yeah. You were just living by the seat of your pants, man. You were enjoying you were young, life, man. right? Yep. Um, and so I decided, I said, look, I need to take care of my family. One, like, how do I do that? Uh, two, 
I want to become a helicopter pilot. How do I do that? Right. And three, if those are the things I want to do, how do I do that to the best of my ability? What does that look like? And to me, that looked like the Marine Corps. Um, You know, the family gets taken care of. And I said, you know what, if I go in and I try to be a helicopter mechanic, then I learn how the thing works very in depth. And, and then when I get out, I'll know how it works. So I'll just know how to fly it. And, uh, and so that kind of designed my path and lo and behold, I mean, anybody that's been in the, the military or gone through the military, you can't choose your job. Like you don't, you get to, you, you sit down with a recruiter and you're like, this is the job I want. And they're like, yeah, good luck, dude. Yeah. But here's, <laughs> but here's sign on the dotted line. Um, and so I did. And my recruiter said, yeah, I can guarantee you something in aviation. And I mean, that's like any number that's a, a lot of different jobs you can get. And I got the exact job that I told him I wanted. Don't know how I was the only one in my, in my training, you know, training group that they got that job. And I was like, okay. And everybody else, uh, there were other aviation options is, is what it was. There were other aviation options. And I was the only one that got that job. And I was like, okay, cool. This is working. This is great. So far so good. Check. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. Um, and, and so, you know, through the journey of, of the Marine Corps, like I learned everything about the helicopters I learned and I loved it. I loved that job. It was so fun. Um, and then I had that moment in, in 2012 where it really opened my eyes of like, wait, I can actually continue to design my life. Um, and I didn't know it on this level. I didn't know those words. I didn't. Um, in this way, and I didn't know the meaning behind this, but it, it just kind of opened my eyes to like, there's another path that you can take. And, um, t- you know, fast forward to, to 2015, uh, when I exited the Marine Corps, I, uh, and this whole time, like, I, I kind of forgot about video, like, I played video games a little bit, I played with my kids a little bit. Um, my son was born in, um, in 2010, uh, I was 23. So, you know, we, we were really young parents with two kids. Um, you know, my wife was 21 when we had our second child. And, and so throughout the, the Marine Corps, you know, we were a family and I still played some video games, but I was also in the Marine Corps, you know, working 12 to 14 hour days or deployed or on trainings. And so I kind of forgot about video games. It wasn't really a focus of mine. And my kids were pretty young, so they didn't you know, really play the video games I did. And, uh, and then we, we got out in 2015 and moved back to Oregon and, um, and I continued my, my pilot training said, okay, cool. Let's become a pilot now. And from 2015 to September of 2016, I did pilot training and I went to uh, community college to, to use my, my benefits from the GI bill, which, you know, I'd highly suggest any veteran do. And, um, and then in 2016, when I got my commercial rating to become a help, to be a paid helicopter ride to do the thing that I was like, I want to do this set out to do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I looked at that certificate, I looked at my family and then I 
I had to be forward looking. I had to say, what is the future? And the answer I got back was not what I was expecting. Um, so I, I asked that question and the career path of a helicopter pilot, um, you know, for a career is, is, uh, you're starting out and you're moving every two years. You're not stationary. Um, your family gets to move with you or you never see them. So, you know, so they move with you and, uh, because I wanted it to be, you know, my wife and I wanted it to be different than, than the Marine Corps where I was always gone and she was home alone. Um, and then also the pay was really not great for a family that has to move. So my wife can't plant roots. My kids can't plant roots. My wife, you know, her, her career would be curbed because we're moving constantly. Like it just wasn't something that was conducive to, to where we were at. Um, and I still had this thing in the back of my head that said, Hey, Justin, there's another path. Yeah. Rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Like that still exists. Where are you? Um, and so, you know, I think my mentality, my mental, my mind state started shifting the last year or so in the Marine Corps of like more towards positive, letting go of the anger that I had as a kid. And that's, that's a huge huge part to this transition of being able to allow yourself to take a different path that you know exists, but you're not walking, right? Um, your, your mindset, your mental state. And mentally, I wasn't, I don't think I was fully ready to walk that path yet. There was, there's still some internal work that I needed to do. Um, and, and that started, you know, about a year before I exited the Marine Corps, that, that internal work started, uh, where I was letting go of, of the negativity and the anger, um, and it felt really good. And so, you know, coming back to that moment of being a, a commercially rated pilot, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what's the future? Aviation's in my blood. I love it. It's like second nature to me. What's the future? And that was drones. That was UAVs. And, uh, and so I went and I got a job as a professional drone pilot and, um, working for a company out of, out of Oregon. And that was awesome. Like immediately, like I was now making six figures and I was like, holy cow, this is, this is great. My, I've never experienced this kind of money, especially coming from the, from the military, like six figures is like a level above. And you're tying in the aviation and the gaming to some degree. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I started to do some gaming when I got out of the, out of the Marine Corps, um, playing a popular game, League of Legends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. And, and so I started to get back into that a little bit. And then I, I went and um, got a job flying drones. And that was, it was so amazing. The, you know, being, piloting a, an unmanned aircraft that's 10,000 feet in the air and looking down with a camera and being able to tell the color of your shoelaces. It was so cool. And I, you know, I got to fly over a couple of the major fires in Oregon, um, in 2017 and 2018, um, and, and help the firefighters prevent the, you know, fires that jump their line. Um, because we flew at night, we did kind of night watch for them and with them. 
um and and that was amazing but the the career there was six months deployed gone foreign country and three months home and then four or six months gone so in a 12 month time period i was gone like 10 months which was great for my family they were able to stay where they were so they were able to plant roots and make friends and, and start a career but i was gone there was a piece of the family that was missing and after two years of doing that it was like no way um and and then you know i started learning during that time i started learning how to sell products on amazon and that's where my amazon agency came in um and so in 2018 i got an internal i got a job at a company as their amazon guy and then simultaneously i started my agency uh grew that and um and then in 2019 2020 is where kind of frenzy esports where you mentioned the gaming piece of it comes into play um my son and i started started playing some video games when uh valorant uh came out we started playing that in beta and that's really where where the idea of frenzy came from but i couldn't act on frenzy because my amazon agency was growing and uh, we needed to hire people we needed to get more clients and and then i started getting interest from a larger agency that we had shared vision of how we treat clients and, and how they should be treated and how businesses should integrate amazon as a successful sales channel for their business and so then we joined forces they acquired my company in 2022 um and then I worked for them for for a year, and uh, and then exited, left there in February of twenty three, and for the last I don't know six months, four months, um, have just kind of jumped back into to being an entrepreneur, and and what does that mean for me? And um, you know that's kind of where where frenzy started to take off a little bit more, and the concept of frenzy is help parents understand what gaming is, help parents understand how to be involved with their kids who game and what does that mean? Um, and then help the gamers really of any age figure out how to have good life habits through gaming. How do you develop good communication skills? How do you develop situational awareness? How do you develop conflict resolution? Holy cow. I mean, the, anybody that games can tell you it's, uh, there's a lot of toxicity in it. Oh yeah. Which just means that that there's there's no guidelines, there's no limitations to what people are willing to say to another person, which in a digital world, which that's not really cool because in you know real life you're not you're not going to act that way, right? So now how do we teach the next generation to to act with a little bit more kindness or compassion um, and or have these skills? these everyday life skills, um, but put them into the digital universe as well, right? And so, um, so that's kind of where the, the premise behind Frenzy um, and what we're doing is in action, creating a community center and working with the Boys and Girls Club to bring them the latest tech and, and provide these types of classes and, and output for their, their kids and the families of those kids. Um, that's where it's starting, uh, which is super cool. We're we're pr hopefully going to 
build our first one and, and have it done by the end of this year. Awesome. Can you give a little more context around it just because it is such a cool concept. So I want people to clearly envision how this would look like partner up with boys and girls club. You have these actual centers, just like kind of set the stage in terms of what the environment would look like and how kids would come and interact in it. Oh yeah. So with boys and girls club, you know, it, it won't necessarily be open to the public, right? So my my vision for it is to have it have a community center, a gaming community center, open to the public. Um, but in its current form, partnering with Boys and Girls Club is um, you, you have to be part of of their their club and and that location where it's at. Yeah. And um, and so for them, it means that those kids get exclusive access. They don't have to. They don't have to buy time they don't have to reserve time they just they show up after school and they have these top in i mean i'm talking top in gaming machines at their fingertips that they that they get to use hmm. and so what this looks like is they get to come use this uh these these tools and we'll work with boys and girls club frenzy will will work with the boys and girls club to define like your actions, like how do you act? How do you treat people on this? And kind of start put into action the the good life habits portion of of gaming and and digital environment tech itself, right? Um, and so that'll be the framework of which you know these kids will start learning and interacting with these machines. And then Frenzy is also going to get partners from our local tech community, um, tech startups, um, tech groups, and, um, and maybe even, even some, um, like social tech groups, you know, products Mm -hmm. that are good, social good, um, and bring and do host, uh, once a month seminars or, or forums where the families can now come and, and be taught how to how do you program what's the basics of coding well let's teach these kids and their families how to do that if you're interested in in graphics design let's teach these kids and their families how to do that so once a month we're going to partner with with these local um you know companies to come in and just teach you know one two three hour events to to provide skill development to these kids that are, I think they, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade to through 12th grade. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's super, super cool. Yeah. And the integration of, of family into the equation really is, is an important piece because especially in the gaming world, there's quite a disconnect in most cases between like parents and then their kids totally in the gaming world. You know, they don't have a clear, view into what their kids are doing online they don't understand the games in most cases so it's hard for them to connect in something that for many kids is a very big part of their life that's a passion that's something that really drives and fills them up and so for parents to not have that ability to connect there that can be a a very separating you know block in their relationship Mm -hmm. How, how does or how do you envision frenzy esports kind of bridging that gap if that's a good way to put it yeah, I mean, I think you said it. You said it best, like incorporating family, right? Yeah. And so, um, you you did. You said something that 
you know, gaming is a big part of, of kids' lives. Putting a definition around big, I think, is important. Big means multiple hours a day yeah. are being put into gaming. It's not, you know, it's not like this, um, you know, it's not where big is like, oh, this new game came out and it's super awesome where um, it like it literally it consumes a lot of time and the games are built to consume a lot of time. Right. Um, and similar to social media, they, if they keep you in the loop of playing, you're just going to hit next. Let's go next. Go next. Right. You're, you're going to do that. And, and that's how these games are, are developed. And so big really means a lot of time. And so how do families figure out what's the right amount of time? Um, what's the right game? And, and how do we do this when I, as the parent, have no clue what that world is? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and, and that's, so that's kind of the, the gap that I'm, I'm hoping to build a bridge for with these community centers really is allowing families to come into the community, right? It's really about building community and then provide information to the, the parents, the older generations and provide um, you know, information to the, the gamers so they both can get positive outcomes from from this this digital world, multiple digital worlds. Like each game is different, right? Um, and so it really comes down to family and, mm -hmm. and community and you have to do it together. Um, you know, my my son and I, we don't necessarily play the same video games anymore. We used to, but we don't anymore. And I'm still involved with his games. I still go sit on his bed and I watch him play a couple rounds. Or, um, you know, there's a streaming service called Twitch.tv. It's where you can go watch people play video games. And um, Twitch is, is evolving into you can watch people cook and, and do some other stuff now. But um, it started out with, with streaming video games. And he set up an account. He's, you know, 13 years old and um, or about to be. And he set up an account so that he can stream and I can pull him up on my phone when I'm out and around or here working in the office. If I'm not in a meeting, I just pull him up on a phone or another tab and I can yeah. watch him game. Right? I love that. I love right. That. Yeah. yeah um, for me growing up, like my dad, I had, you know, first console, Super Nintendo. So still pretty rudimentary. My dad could get in there and play games with me. But as games evolved and got more and more complex, you know, the ability to relate and actually play those games together just became harder and harder. But yeah, I mean, fond memories of being able to share in those experiences together. And even when they did get more complex, like my dad would come and sit and and watch me play games and right. we were able to bond and like talk about it. So yeah. So and, cool. And that you can continue that in the digital world today. Totally. And you're a productive human now. So video yeah. games didn't turn your brain to mush. <laughs> yeah. right? Not at all, man. Yeah. Um, Taught me how yeah. to problem solve, how to think critically, how to think creatively, 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 I'm making up words. Yeah. Creatively. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so exciting. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of journey ahead of you to to bring this off the ground, but excited to see what happens. So, I think this is a good point to segue the conversation a little bit. Sure. Do you want to talk about AI? 
Oh, do you want to talk about AI? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be fun. We'll see where it goes, but yeah. I thought you'd be game. So let's start with yeah. what are you either learning right now in the world of AI mm -hmm. or what is something that you're paying close attention to? Oh, man. Um, yeah, we can get really big and, and philosophical or or stay stay on tools. So I'll, I'll go on your direction on that on that but to answer your question directly is what i'm paying attention to right now is um how fast things are moving yeah. i think um you know the, the tools are awesome all the tools are great i've, I've been using chat gpt since since it was released late november last year um i have the paid version every new beta release that comes out i'm i'm you know on it one of the first users of it and honestly from from a business perspective, you know, I've I've been in business for seven years, and it's just how fast it's moving. And if you don't start watching it, if you don't start using it, even just a little bit, you know, you don't have to dive in and devote your entire day or week yeah. or months to doing it, but just a little bit. If you're not doing that, the gap between the the haves and the have nots, the gap between the people who are using it, who are incorporating it versus the people who are not or are shy about it. Um, I'm sorry, but you, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. And, and which really brings up such a fascinating conversation of the tech world is it used to be you know, when the iPhone first came out, it was like, oh, are you an early adopter, <laughs> right? Or when laptops came out or when PCs came out, I was like, oh, are you an early adopter? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until I work out all the bugs. Um, or like when Tesla releases a new vehicle, a Cybertruck, right? Like when that comes out, like, hmm, I'm going to wait a little bit, let them work out all the bugs. And then I'll be like phase two or phase three. With AI, like you either do or you don't. And, and if you get into it right now, you're not six months behind the curve. You're like years behind the curve, right? Um, you know, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize that or, or make, you know, someone feel like, holy crap, I need to, I need to get on this right now. Um, you know, there's, it's all in due time. And, and there are some mechanisms that are slowing down the pace of change. But, dude, the gap pay is attention just, to it. You, you have to. Yeah, especially if you're, you're young or, you know, you still have years ahead in your career. Like every, every industry, every role, every position, there are tools out there that can help make your job, make your life easier, automate things. And if you're not doing that stuff, someone else is going to be more efficient in that role mm -hmm. and could potentially replace you that's just the reality that we're going to be experiencing in the years ahead so yeah you know i i want to stick on on a word that you just said that there's a fear for a lot of people is replacement yeah right um you know the the replacement piece is it's there it's real but what's going to happen in the the near term in the shorter term you know being one to two years is 
you're going to be replaced by another human who knows how to use these tools. Um, I, I'm, you know, aside of, aside from frenzy, I do growth advising, growth coaching for companies, um, you know, small to mid-sized companies. And one of the things I'm coaching my, you know, my CEOs and my founders on is when you're hiring somebody, ask them if they're using AI and if they aren't pass. Yes. Full stop. Full stop. Like, I, it, they could have 15, 20 years of experience in their industry. And I'm sorry, you pass because if they're not using AI, they're behind. You know, that, that's the, the experience that that person has partnered with AI makes that person 10 times better than who they are without AI. Um, because it's faster, it's more concise, it, it takes their experience and can just churn out whatever function of that job requires at a pace that they cannot do by themselves. Yeah. It's the utility. And, how much how much can you produce yeah. as a yeah. employee without the use of AI? You're limited to whatever your cap is, but yep. if you learn these tools, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's cases where you can 10 X a hundred X your utility and do it in a fraction of the time. Yeah, uh, so. absolutely. Right. Um, at the bare minimum, it increases your efficiency by, by some 30%. I've, I've followed some, some other power users and early adopt you <laughs> early adopters. Um, you know, just people have been using it since December and, um, and one of them, I think in, in March or April, when OpenAI released the ability to export all of your chats, mm -hmm. he took all of his chats, he put it in Word and got the word count and then took how fast he can type, you know, words per minute and, and did the math and came up with um, that it's all of the content that he put in there ultimately saved him about 30% of his time. Yeah. So in that time frame, I think that was, you know, the course of four months or five months or so, um, saved him about a month's worth of work. Mm -hmm. What could you do with an extra month? <laughs> Dude. A lot. And I love that. I love how you're you know, bringing in the early adopters piece. Like when you're talking about an iPhone, you're talking about a computer or a car. Yeah. There are some risks there to being right. an early adopter. You may have an inferior version of the product and you might be paying top dollar for it. When it comes to AI, there's no risk to being an early adopter. You are just training yourself and the tools aren't just going to drastically change and everything you learn becomes obsolete. No, those skills are going to stack right. and going to be more capable the earlier and the more experience you have using them. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, two things come to mind when you say that. One is today is the worst day for AI. Yesterday was the worst day for AI, and today is better than yesterday. And today is the worst day for AI. Um, and then two, the the risk, right? That I think the risk of of being an early adopter in a Tesla or or an iPhone or a new piece of of physical tech is you get to experience the bugs that other people wouldn't. That that later adopters, you know, mid or 
late adopters won't experience. So you get to experience the bugs and and what those bugs might mean is your text doesn't send or your app doesn't open or your phone shuts off or um, you know the, the car doesn't speed up immediately when you hit the accelerator, uh, right? Like there's there's some bugs that you get to experience. So the, that's the risk there. The, the risk here, it's not a risk on your output. It's not a risk on your job. It's not a risk on on external things. The risk is internal. And this is such a big part of, of what I talk about uh, in the, the topic of AI with my my coaching, you know, clients with my, my business owners and their teams, when I'm teaching their team members, how to incorporate AI, how do you integrate AI into your business? This, the, the risk is internal because it breaking the mold of what used to be possible, right? These chat bots, these, these large language models, LLMs are trained on literally trillions and trillions of points of data yeah they can create anything from just two words that you put into it they can create a symphony they can create a 40 page document right um and so the the risk is like it's internal it's emotional it is am i ready to experience something that has never been on this level before. That, that's the risk in this, of being an early adopter, is you, you have to submit and say, okay, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to make this part of my life and you know maybe maybe i have a different relationship with it than others like you know i i've spent the last six months really thinking very deep on on the impacts of ai and listening to a lot of a lot of different podcasts a lot of different experts in in ai and um and listening to to what they're saying about it so maybe i have a different relationship and a different respect for for AI, but I think overall, it, in the conversations that I have, you know, the the emotional risk isn't as deep as what I kind of of, of what I just felt the energy that I just put out. Yeah. Um, but it gets it gets close, and the more people think about it, the more they ponder on it, the deeper that feeling goes, and and that's that's how I know that that this is not going away. We can't stop it. Yeah. And and if you don't open yourself to its possibilities to use it as a tool, it is literally the shiniest tool you can put in your tool belt right now. And soon it'll be the shiniest partner you can have in your life um, to help you achieve or accomplish or get done tasks and, and perform at a level never previously uh, thought or, or doable, right? Um, if you don't adapt to that, then I would love to have a conversation with you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, 
um, not to convince you, not to convince people to use the tool. I mean, there's a choice that has to be made right now of I'm going to use AI and, I, and, and that choice means that you will incorporate AI in the rest of your life unless at some point you're like, I am 100% against tech and, and then you go far away from it. But the other choice right now is I'm going to continue just being how I have been and what I know, and I'm not going to use this tool. And and that there will be, you know, portions of society globally that that decide to do that and, and operate that way. And it's totally okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm not trying to convince one way or another, but just laying out the picture of how powerful this tool is. Yeah, absolutely. So on a more like tactical productive note i'm always fascinated to learn how people are using ai in their yeah, business. okay and then yeah. i'd like to get into recommendations you have for people to actually kind of get into it if they haven't already taken mm. that step so i mean for just one example something that i've done recently in my business is you know i'm a marketing person. I do a lot of work on my personal brand and writing content is oh, always man. one of those things <laughs> that I, you know, I just punt it off because I got other things. I got to focus on, you know, my clients, I got to focus right. on sales. I got to focus on marketing and the content for my personal brand is crucial because it feeds everything else. It feeds the growth mm. of my business. So one thing that I've done with chat GPT is just fed it a ton of content that I've produced over the years and, okay. and, and used prompting to have it analyze how I speak, the voice, the tone, the type of emojis that I use, just everything that is TJ's brand and yeah. distill that down so that now I can go in and give it a, you know, a topic. I might just say, hey, write, write me a post about this topic, here's a little bit of background, or, Hey, here's another post that someone else did. I want to put this spin on it, but turn this into a new post using my voice, my tone and everything else. Mm -hmm. And it will spit back a Facebook post an Instagram yeah. post, whatever I need in my voice for the content topic that I'm trying to write about. And with very minimal editing, I can then go and use that. And it's, mm. you know, it's original to, me, it's not something that it just found through the language right. model and, and spat back out. It's it's original. And so I use that. And of course, there's always need to edit and, and fine tune. But I've even found that over the the weeks that I've been doing, it, it's getting better and better at it. Because when it misses Definitely. the mark, I'll tell it, I'll give it that feedback. Yep. And when it does something really well, I'll give it that feedback as well. So that's yeah. one example. But what are you using it for in your business? Oh, everything. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the latest thing that I've, that I've done with it is kind of what you just mentioned is, um, I've been helping my, uh, my clients create a brand persona, a brand voice that now their entire company can use to respond to, you know, client emails, vendor emails, internal emails that they can use to write blog content, um, newsletters, external emails to, you know, you, you get your brand. It takes branding. You, you, you would know this in, in marketing. It takes your branding to the next level, right? The, the whole point of having a brand is to be standardized, right? You build trust through, through standardization. If a customer sees your product in Target, 
they ex- and and then they see their your product in Walmart, they expect the branding colors and the font size and the font to be the same. They expect it to be the same and and if it's not, then it's confusing to consumers and your sales are probably going down. Um, so if that's happening, then you know fix that. But um, here, this is branding to the next level, right? So now your voice, your brand voice gets to be standardized across every single piece of messaging that you have. And it's what you just described, right? So imagine you have a team of 20 people that are creating blog content for you. Well, you have a team of 20 different individuals. You have a team of 20 different life experiences that are writing your content and that's going to come out, right? And you can tell that in, in journalism, you can tell that, you know, one personality is going to write a very specific way. Um, and so for a brand, for a company, being able to standardize your messaging and your tone to that level, like you can tell your team of 20, hey, sound happy when you write something, but that's going to mean something different. Yeah, to each that's going to come out right? totally different depending on the person writing it. Right. Yeah. And so now there's this new feature that that OpenAI released, which um, if you haven't found it yet, um, I'll help you find it, or it's pretty easy, but it's called Custom Instructions. I think it came out this week or maybe late last week. And Custom Instructions is just that. You can create, you know, use, use the GPT to create your brand voice, your brand persona, based off of information that you provided about how you speak or previous content that you've made. And it'll create you a persona. It'll give you a background. It'll give you traits. And that's all you need is just, you know, a paragraph on the background of who you are, who who the brand is, and then the traits of the brand. You're happy, you're trustworthy, you're you're nice, um, you're authoritative, right? Whatever your traits of your brand are. And then you copy that and you turn on, hopefully you have the paid version. That's the other thing I would suggest. Get the paid version. It's $20. It's $240 a year to 10x your output. Best investment ever. Um, so you can turn on custom instructions in the beta features and then copy and paste that persona into the custom instructions. And now every single piece, you don't have to pre-prompt and say, you are this persona or write this using this persona. You don't have to do that. You just copy and paste into custom instructions. And now every piece of content comes out is going to be um, the output is going to take that custom instruction into consideration. Fascinating. I got to check. I have not heard of this or seen this yet. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Now I have homework to go check out. Yeah. Um, so, so how I used that actually is, um, I, I've I've done a little like next level with it. So, in there, I put instructions of um, bracket persona one, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, I said, okay, when when I chat, you know, when I, when I write in you and I put bracket persona one, use persona one. And then I, I um, later down and I put persona one equals, and then I have what persona one equals. And then I also say, but if I do persona two, you know, bracket persona two, um, use that one. And then I put persona two equals. And I created my, myself, I created my personality. And so persona one is me. And then I created a a CMO, a chief marketing officer, and that's persona two. And 
I uh, had some late night thoughts that I needed to get out and I, uh, and I, I needed to write a business plan and an investor letter. And I said, okay, here's my idea. Like it's jumbled, it's a jumbled mess. Yeah. But here's my idea. Vomit the idea into ChatGPT. Step one. Write a business plan using bracket persona one. Mm-hmm. And it did. It wrote a bracket or it wrote a, a business plan based off of my personality. Yeah. And in one of the sections it says, you know, um, I, I named my ChatGPT uh, persona Colonel X. Um, so it, it says Colonel X is an accomplished entrepreneur who has a background in being a drone pilot, helicopter pilot is, you know, ran and sold an Amazon agency. Like it has my personality and I didn't give that information in my prompt. I just told it my idea. So it, it pulled it from custom instructions, um, which is just so amazing and this is what i mean about the speed two weeks ago this didn't exist every chat you had with it you had to pre-prompt and say you are this persona or write this using this persona and now you don't have to do that now that was still saving a tremendous amount of time now now it's even more so right yeah just a couple basic formulas that you created that probably took you you know 15, 20 minutes to, to get not that. Even. Yeah. yeah. Even. And now you yeah. can continue to use that for a variety of different use yeah. cases. So this is a great way for people to get involved. I mean, that, that alone, you could go and do either of the things that we just mm-hmm. described, but are there any other recommendations that you have for people that, you know, just haven't, haven't gotten on ChatGPT yet. They haven't done anything with AI, but they, they hear this call. They, they know that they should look into it and start practicing these tools to become better at X, Y, and Z, whatever they do. What would you recommend in terms of getting started? Start. Yeah. Go, go to, go to chat.openai.com or uh, yeah, I think it's .com mm-hmm. and, and open an account. You could do the free version. The start with open, the free version. Yeah. yeah ChatGPT 3.5 turbo is insanely fast. I don't ever use it until a couple times this week, and it, its output was so fast compared to 4.0. Um, so start using it, and a, a starting place. You know, when I have conversations with individuals who are who are deeply emotionally um, constrained or or apprehensive that's that's a better word apprehensive towards using this. Uh, you know, AI in, in its current form, large language models. Um, start with an easy question. You know, yeah, even just doing research, like yeah. instead, of, instead of Googling something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, or start with something easy. Like I have, I have eggs, bread, and zucchini. It, what do I make for breakfast? I mean, with those three ingredients, that's pretty obvious what you're going to make, but, but start with something easy like that. And then, and then Gabe test its output. Do you agree with its output? Do you like its output? Right. Um, And it, and just start easy. Right. And if you really, really want your mind blown immediately, then start with a really hard question that you have, that you specifically have 
about your world, about your life, about something you should do or shouldn't do, like ask it for advice. Yeah. Um, it, its output is so close to home, right? Um, you know, you you can you can use it in so many different ways. So so just start testing, just start playing with it, and and ask it some questions that you may not actually know the answer to, but you can find easily, right? Mm-hmm. So there there's a, a piece there is like it's trained on trillions and trillions and trillions of points of data so it can create what's called a hallucination which means that you ask it a question so like hey did tj murphy write an article about um about the fires the fire environment and how how summer fires impact entrepreneurs travel right um and you it may have never written an article about that but it will find your work that you have because it's on the internet or i'll give it a link to your website so it can find your work and then it will write that blog article as if you did and it'll say yeah here's what tj murphy wrote yeah so it it can hallucinate so you need to talk to it and use it and test it in a way to where you can verify it trust and verify um, because it will create things based off of the knowledge that it has, right? Imagine if you could access all of the information that's in your head immediately, what could you create? And that's what it does. Yeah. A fun use case that my wife started doing recently. She basically trained ChatGPT to be her personal cheerleader. So like, oh, she, that's she awesome. has it. Yeah. She has it set up. So she's like, Hey, I'm struggling with, you know, this, this problem today, or I'm feeling down about X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it'll just give her a little, a little pep talk, it some, does. Some, something it that's does. just like, oh, it's so cool. thank you friend. Like I needed that. <laughs> and so oh. she does, she uses that like every day just for a quick little, you know, cheer me up, pump up. You got this. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that gosh, everybody could benefit from them. So there's so many use cases to get started. But like you said, the easiest and best thing is just to go to the website. Yeah. Ask it something and see, see what, you know, pathway that leads you down. Because once you start doing something, you're like, oh, wait, I wonder what it'll say about this. Or, oh, wait, I have that question. And especially just like, if you have something that you are looking for answers for, Instead of Googling it and just pouring through the first 10 pages to find the best result, start with ChatGPT. And again, you need to verify. It may not give you something that's totally accurate of what you're looking for. But in a lot right. of cases, it's probably going to save you 10 minutes, 20 minutes. At least. A lot longer if it's something that's more complex and, yeah. and a lot of research and reading to figure out. So yeah, absolutely. get started. All right, Justin. Well, as we move to wrap things up here, I want to ask a question about just blending work and life because it's so important. And one of the biggest hurdles that we all face at one time or another is living that well-rounded life and doing the things that bring us joy with the people that we care about most, your family. And I'm just curious, what does that look like for you? You've had different paths that have taken you away from that, but you've found your way to a place where that's the priority. So how does it look today? Mm. 
how my life looks today is awesome. Um, you know, I, I love what I do. I love being a business owner. I love being an entrepreneur. Um, I love my partner, my wife, um, and what we do together, how we work together is amazing. And I love, um, I just love life and I love my kids and where, where they're at and how driven they are and how much they care about, you know, solving problems and, and being better, being, um, you know, incrementally better. And what I really would say is like, you're, you're asking a question about balance, you know, work-life balance or, or what that might be. And I have a, a couple of thoughts on, on work-life balance. And um, one of them is a pretty, pretty easy concept. So it won't take a lot of time, but one of them is whenever, whenever you come to a situation where you're trying to evaluate something pretty big, you know, do I take this opportunity? Do I leave my job and try and become an entrepreneur or do I, do I take this other job or um, do I apply for this, this job that I just don't feel qualified for, but that's my feeling internally. Maybe I am, I don't know. Yeah. Um, right. Or, or you're wanting to do what TJ Murphy did, which is travel the world and, and start <laughs> his entrepreneurial journey while traveling the world. Right. Like that to me is, is a, a step that's like, whoa, dude, how do you do that? <laughs> um, but in, in evaluating this, Put simply, right? There's a lot of risk mitigation that you can go through. There's a lot of pro and con lists, but it's really, you know, uh, a risk mitigation technique. But ultimately, it comes down to how bad is the bad to get the good? And are you willing to accept that? Yeah. Right. Um, and if I, if I take that concept and I look at all the decisions, you know, joining the Marine Corps, being a drone pilot that, that takes me away from my family, um, you know, two big, big examples, like how bad is the bad to get the good? And as much as you can tell, what is that good, right? And, and if you can accept that, then accept that. Accept that there will be struggle. There will be hard times there will be things that are just difficult and if you accept those that they will they are to get the good that you want on the other side of that whatever your good is whatever that looks like to you then go for it absolutely go for it um and then the the second thought is is around balance in and of itself work-life balance, um, work profession or life or family or whatever, whatever fills those buckets of work and, and life for you. Understand that the balance doesn't mean 50-50. Balance doesn't mean that the scale is even on both sides, right? Balance means what you, what you said to me is, where are you finding joy? Yeah. Where are you finding fulfillment? Where are you feeling like you are your best version? And if that's working six hours a day and with your family five hours, then that's what it is. If it's you working six hours, going on a bike ride for two hours, and then coming home to be with your family for three or four hours, 
you know, whatever your time frame is in with your day, right? Like that's balance. Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling like your life is full of joy? Are you feeling fulfilled in what you're doing? And if yes, sit back and evaluate what does that quote unquote balance actually look like? And more often than not, I'll tell you, it's not going to be an even 50-50 split, right? Something is going to take up more time or mental capacity than something else. But if you're feeling well-rounded in that moment, then accept that for what it is, you know, big theme here, acceptance, right? Accept that for what it is and say, okay, that's what my balance looks like. I don't have to read, you know, LinkedIn Forbes article about what work-life balance should be, right? It's the, what's your balance? for everyone. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so, so understand in the, the, in the mini journey of it, of trying to find that balance, that balance isn't actually balanced. It's what you're feeling in your life and what's making you feel happy. Because ultimately when you're, when you're well-rounded, when you're fulfilled and you're full of joy, everyone else benefits you benefit your work benefits your your journey is just more positive and and just feels great uh right so and i i know you've experienced that and and you've probably found found that um throughout your your path so far for sure but life always throws stuff our way and it does. there will always be things that may tip the scale one way or the other, but it's the ability to know what it looks like for you and make those fine-tuned adjustments to get back to that place of joy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and accepting accepting that at the phase of life that you're in and being able to adapt and change, right? Yeah. As life brings new things, your your scale, your balance might change and, and reevaluate. So a lot of a lot of introspection going on, right? Yeah. Life is evaluate. about evaluating and adapting. I mean, just hearing your journey. It was a journey of pathways <laughs> where, where you did that work, you evaluated and you decided, no, I thought my hypothesis was this was going to be a good direction to go in, but really this is what's important. So I'm going to, I'm going to shift and I'm going to go down mm. that path. And Absolutely commend you for it, man. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap this episode up. So any, any parting advice or, or final words before I ask where people can find you online, socials, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, be willing to accept what you need to do and be willing to adapt and change to the moment for your best outcome. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I love it. Thank you. Well, you invited people to uh, to reach out. So where yes, is please. the best place to, to connect with Justin? Uh, honestly, right now, the best place is LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, you know, pre-call, I told you I'm starting a, a Twitter. Um, There's going to be a lot of a lot of this, a lot of my my thoughts and and business advice, along with AI advice. Um, but that's not quite up and running yet. So uh, maybe by the time this comes out, it is. But, Probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so right now, LinkedIn is really the best place 
to to find me. Um, and and please, when you reach out on LinkedIn, don't just send an invite. Send a message along with this. Say I heard you on on the Adventurous Entrepreneur podcast. Um, you know, frankly, I, I get because of the the e-commerce world and everything that I'm in, I get a lot of a lot of global invites. Um, so please add a little note of where you found me, also, so I can give TJ some some kudos um, and let and some feedback and let him know that his audience is is growing and expanding and impactful um, because that's why we do this so we can have an impact. Hundred percent, and yeah. just that's that's best practice in general. Everybody like <laughs> connecting with someone on LinkedIn, but put a personal message in there. It's becoming the spammiest of places. Oh, so automated, dude! <laughs> it's so, so automated. automated. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, I appreciate your time tremendously, man. This has been a value packed episode. I have copious notes here and we will definitely be having a round two. So oh, I love look, it. Thank you. look forward to continuing the conversation and thanks again, man. Likewise. Thanks for having me, TJ. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.